All right, guys, welcome to the Florida State League Radio Network. My name is Dylan, as always, here on the podcast today. And we are here today with a very special guest here today. One of our, he follows us on Instagram, so we had to get him on at some point. I did get to meet him at Rays Fan Fest. He is Fox Sports broadcaster for the Tampa Bay Rays and also a former major leaguer, a former major league pitcher, I should say, uh, Mr. Doug Wachter. Doug, welcome to the podcast, man. Happy to have you on, bro. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's a good thing to be on something and talking baseball right now in a pretty crazy time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's uh, it is a crazy time. We do we get reruns, but no live baseball. So it is you know there's nothing better than a live baseball game. But hey, you know we get to talk some baseball and uh, keep you know keep you busy for thirty minutes uh, to enjoy something we get to talk about. We both get to talk about that we love. So let's get into my first question here, real quick. Um, you know, what was it like, obviously, run the Florida State League podcast, and you've been able to play in the Florida State League. What was it like pitching in the Florida State League, and how were your two stints different? You got to be with the Vero Beach Devil Rays, and then you got to play with the Jupiter Hammerheads. How were those two stints, you know, differed? How did they differ from each other? Yeah, you know, you know, growing up in St. Pete and growing up in Florida in general, uh, I was so used to playing outdoor baseball year-round. And so you go off to other parts of the country and you're playing, but you're not playing in the same climate. So honestly, going back uh, and with me, the first time I played was in Vero Beach when I was rehabbing my arm. Um, going back to Vero Beach and being able to play outside baseball in Florida uh, during the June and July months. I mean, a lot of people think it's very hot. They can't handle the heat and they don't like that part of it. But I actually enjoyed it. I loved it. Uh, so the climate itself, I was so used to it, it kind of reminded me about growing up, you know, and, and I really had a lot of fun doing that. And then uh, Florida State League, it taught me a lot. But, uh, you know, the, when you compare the two, um, it was a little bit different for me because I was in the big leagues and then I came back to the minor leagues to rehab it in both those teams. So with Vero Beach, I had a longer stint. I was there for, I want to say, at least two months, two, possibly three months. Uh, coming back from a rotator cuff and, and a shoulder surgery. And, uh, you, you know, it taught me a lot. I think that during my time at Vero, I picked up my cut fastball because I had to learn a new pitch. Just I just didn't have the velocity that I used to have before. Yeah. So I had to figure out a way to adapt. And so the cutter actually got me back to the big league. So Vero Beach was a big part of that. Um, and then going over to Jupiter, you know, the complex was beautiful. It was the Marlins and Cardinals. They share that complex, so... Uh, it was a lot of fun to play there, and I had my family being able to come over and watch me pitch. Um, and so I enjoyed both stints a lot. But, uh, yeah, I think Vero Beach, probably I learned a little bit more of Vero Beach just because of the sheer time I was there. Yeah, for sure. And and also, too, you know, the, the talent is, is, is very good in the Florida State League. You know, did you ever realize, like, in the Florida State League that, dang, this, you know, even though this is a single advance, this is really good talent? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you look at my stats, you'll know pretty quick that uh, I realized I, I couldn't get away with just throwing fastballs and sliders, man. I had to go out there. Yeah. And I had to, that's what made me adapt. I mean, I, I literally went to the Florida State League in Vero Beach, yep. and I was getting hit all over the park. I couldn't get anybody out, and I couldn't figure it out. And I, I mean, two years prior, I was getting guys out in the big leagues consistently. Yeah. And so it just made me realize that, hey, you can't just sit on what you have. You have to keep advancing. That's what showed me that I need to do something new. Yeah, and sure. started talking to my uh, pitching coach at the time, Arvid Lichtenstein, who was with me. And, you know, we were talking about the cup fastball, how to adapt to it, how to pick it up. 
And, uh, you know, I, I picked it up in one bullpen session, went out there, started throwing it. And the Florida State League allowed me to work on that pitch. And once I got it honed in really well, then I started seeing it in the stat line. You know, I started seeing it how I would go six, seven, eight innings easily instead of getting hit around in three or four innings and <laughs> getting my pitches in. Yeah, so, sure. yeah, it was a big difference. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it, it was hard to get really good talent in that league. So yeah, definitely glad I went through it. Yeah, and it keeps getting better and better, man. You see, even in the race system, you got to see guys like Wander Franco and and just so many great talents coming through this league. It's definitely a, it's definitely been a, one of the better leagues, I guess you would say, uh, in in at least the minor leagues in general. Uh, there's just so many great talented players who have came through this league, and it's incredible to see their progression. And now, uh, you know, they've been able to do at the major league level even now too. It's it's really incredible. So. Let's get into my next question real quick here is, you know, obviously growing up in St. Petersburg, you know, what was it like being drafted by the hometown team, Tampa Bay Rays, or I guess at the time they were the Devil Rays, and then describe making your first start at home as a pro in St. Pete. Yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, you talk about dream come true, that's exactly what it was. Uh, Going into that draft, you know, they tell you as a prospect to – expect to be drafted within this range. You know, yeah, you're a top you know, 10 range, top 15 range guy. And, or you're, you're a late, late pick, you know, you might uh, not get a chance to get drafted, but they'll have you as a draft ball. That kind of stuff is what you hear. So you really don't know where you're going to go. And so uh, on the day of the draft, I mean, a couple days prior, I know I worked out with the Rays and I had a really good workout and I felt really good about it, but who knows, you know, what they're thinking, if they're going to go ahead and pick me or not. And so I get the call. Kevin Elfring was my uh, scout. He calls me up, says, congratulations, you just got selected in the third round by the Tampa Bay Rays. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, this is just meant to be, you know, to be able to represent your hometown and to be able to possibly pitch for a team that I went and saw their first pitch in franchise history over at Tropicana Field, you know, a few years earlier. Uh, just all these things kind of popping through your head as an 18-year-old. It was, it really was a dream come true. So yep. um, it, it was special, for sure. And then uh, you fast forward, I think it took me about four and a half, five years to get to the big leagues. And once I got there, um, my first start, as you mentioned, was uh, at Tropicana Field on my mom's birthday. And uh, and I was able to go out there and I threw a complete game shutout. Yep. I think it was a uh, three hitter, two, two or three hitter. I think it was a against two. the uh, yeah against the Seattle Mariners, and they were going for the playoffs at the time. So um, I probably looking back should have retired there, and I would have been on top of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it was. I, I mean, I can remember throwing pitches in that game to this day. Yeah, you know, you're talking what almost 17 years ago, 18 years ago, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, going out there and actually pitching against uh, Brett Boone and, uh, you know, uh, against uh, Ichiro and going out and, and throwing certain counts, certain pitches, and um, that's how special it was. I mean, I remember this yeah. stuff, and I'll never forget it. And so that feeling is special. It stays with me, and, uh, yeah, it's definitely something I'll never forget. Yeah, and, it, and now it must be cool, too, now that you're able to work with the Rays. You're at the Trop every, almost every, you know, most of the, every day. I mean, I know sometimes you are, guys are in the booth and such sometimes when you guys are on road games, but you get to be at the Trop now every day. So it's kind of like even that probably has to be special as well now. Yeah, it is. You know, um, 
the Rays have been very, very good to me, just giving me the opportunity to go out and represent them on TV. And uh, I owe a lot to them. That's an organization. I want to thank them and Fox for just giving me the chance to go out and, and be on TV and talk about talk about love. I mean, you yeah. know, as much as I get involved in certain people's blood, and that's just that's the way I was built. Yep. And to be able to go out and get on TV, throw a little makeup on at times, and uh, talk about talk about the Rays, especially nowadays, how yeah. good they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is absolutely a dream come true, and I'm having a blast with it. Yeah, it's a fun time to be a Rays fan. I say, if you're, if any of my listeners right now are listening, if you guys are Rays fans, it's a, definitely a fun time to be a Rays fan. And man, I, I, whenever I watch you guys on TV, man, I always say you guys are like some of the best broadcasters I've ever watched. Like you guys are my favorite, honestly. You guys are so fun to watch, and it's, it's an incredible. It, it, it makes baseball just even more fun than it already is. So that, that's why I enjoy watching you guys on Fox Sports and on the Rays. It's really a, a fun. It's really a fun, fun. Fun show to watch all the pregame and especially with Dwayne Stats and Brian Anderson. You guys are great together and you guys do a great job. So, got to give your yeah. Well, well, yeah. Thank you very much. I mean, the team that they have built with Fox and the Rays. All those. The best part about that team is that the personalities that you see on TV are exactly the same if you see them in person. Yeah. You know, Brian Anderson and Dwayne and uh, Hollenberg, Rich, yep. Arrestus, Trisha. You know, all of us. It's like. Whatever you see on TV, nothing's fake. Yeah. And that's why it's so genuine, I think, a lot of times when it comes on air because it is really that much fun for us to get together and talk yep. baseball. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's get into my next question now. You know, obviously being a pitcher and being in the major league level, you got to face a countless different hitters. You know, what are some of the hardest hitters you've had to face in your career, you know, whether it was with the Florida Marlins or with the Kansas City Royals or even with the Rays at the beginning of your career? What were some of the hardest hitters you had to face in your career? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Albert Pujols is right up there at the top when he was when he was himself, when he was fully healthy, and he was in his prime. Uh, you know, there wasn't many guys out there that were better than him. Uh, he would just it, you couldn't make a mistake. Now, other major leaguers, you say you can't make mistakes too, but you can get away with some pitches at times. Yeah, you know, with Albert Pujols, I mean, this guy, he just. <laughs> I remember facing him. And the first time I ever faced him was at Tropicana Field. And the first two times he got up, I got him in 0-2 counts both times. And I was a slider pitcher, and my slider was my out pitch. And I set him up perfectly for that pitch. And so both times, 0-2, gets up there. I rip nasty sliders on the outside corner. And he sits back and two doubles back-to-back. First time up, double. Second time up, double. And after that, I'm like, man, I'm just walking this guy. I got no clue how to get him out. He is that good. Uh, so he is one of the tops. You know, Derek Jeter was always very, very good. He's a professional at bat. He was always hard to get out. Uh, but left-handers always gave me trouble. And so I would say Hideki uh, Matsui was mm-hmm. the guy who, I mean, if I was going to say he owned me, that's that's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, I think he was sprinting up to the batter's box every time he saw me pitch. So uh, he was probably pretty excited to face me because he saw me really well. And it was just really hard for me to get him out. Yeah. I mean, he was a... Uh, he was a monster at the plate, and you know he had put up some great numbers, both in Japan, obviously, and uh, in the major league. But uh, against me, I think he was one of the best hero I've ever faced. <laughs> yeah, he is definitely Hideki Matsui, definitely a, a really incredible player uh, when he was around, and he wow, he was great. And I think he works for the Yankees now. I don't be mistaken. Uh, and then Albert Pujols, I mean, in his prime, he was probably one of the best hitters. He's probably one of the best hitters of all. You know, the last twenty. 
30 years. He's been one of the best. I mean, he probably is the best hitter in the last 50 years, honestly. He's, he really is incredible to watch on TV, even still at his age. He's still out there and hitting home runs. So, you know, he's doing incredible things for the Angels right now. So, but yeah, they're both very, very good hitters. So I know what you're talking about there. Uh, my next question is, is, you know, being a starting pitcher, you know, you have, you start your game, obviously, and then you, you know, you start, you have a game where you start and then you have some days off, you know, did, did the way you perform in your starts affect how those days off would be used? And how did your game plan change when you transitioned to the National League? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, when you're a starting pitcher, you try to have an even kill attitude. You go out there and no matter if you're getting hit around or if you're not, you're pitching well. You don't ever want to change your routine. Yep. You know, your routine is what it is. It's built in. It's going to help you for the long haul. It's not meant to get you a win in five days, but then kind of sputter off. So, obviously, you want to stick with your routine, whatever's built up, and you start that in the offseason. Going into spring training, once spring training hits, then you got your normal five-day rest. Or, obviously, some of these other teams are going with less than that. But um, So, your routine is pretty basic and pretty similar, no matter if you get hit around or not. Uh, so I would have a very, very similar routine no matter what in between start days. And, you know, you have your bullpen day uh, two days after your regular start, and then you start focusing on the next, you know, the next start. Uh, I think nowadays it's changed a lot just because of scouting. has gotten so much better with analytics and yeah. just the technology, the way technology is used now. You know, it really helps out these guys who are able to capitalize on that and understand the analytical side of it. Yep. So I think that would have helped me a lot now um, going into some of these games. But, uh, yeah, you know, the routine won't change that much. You'll get it, you'll set it, and no matter what, you'll keep it pretty much throughout the year if you're a starting pitcher now as a reliever. Now, that's what happened to me when I went to the Marlins. I became a reliever. And so, honestly, that fit my mentality a little bit better. And the reason I say that is because as a starter, uh, if I had a good game, I'd get really high. On myself, and if I had a bad game, I'd get really low on myself. It was hard for me to stay even keel for, you know, four off days in between times on the mound. Yeah. And as a bullpen guy, you can go out there if you have a bad outing or a good outing. It doesn't matter. I mean, you get that night to think about it, and then you got to flush it out of your mind because you got to be ready to pitch the very next day. Mm-hmm. And so it just helped me perform better because I didn't have to worry about you know, four days from now, I'm going to be able to throw again. I guess, you know, I didn't have time to think, I guess, is what really helped me. Yep. Uh, it was just too much of a mental game for me as a starter. And when I got to the bullpen, I got to just go out there and perform. And by doing so, uh, it really fit my mentality a lot better. I just to be able to think that I'm going to be in a game every night. So the, the mental side of the bullpen, and it, it just affected me a lot better in, in good ways. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm better in the bullpen. You talk about NL, I love NL baseball. You know, NL baseball is so much fun to me because I always like, as most pitchers do, if you ask them, that they can hit. You know, yep. that's obviously not the case, but everybody thinks they can hit. So it was a lot of fun for me to be able to get a, get a bat, go up there and try to help my team out when I'm on the hill, also at the plate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
And, you know, speaking of loving the – I do also love the NL as well. It's it's pretty fun to watch some of the NL games in here. And I kind of wish, like, the, the Rays and, like, the, the – what is it? The Angels, you know, were in the NL because they got – obviously, with the Rays, Brandon McKay, who's a monster at the plate. Obviously, he plays two positions. He's a dual-position player. And same thing with Otani. Uh, that, they would be great in the National League if both of the Rays and the Angels were in the National League. But, um, yeah, the, it, the National League definitely is, is fun and uh, – um, I un- I understand what you mean with the transition for uh, you know starting to relieving and stuff. You you can't really take all the that in you know with you if you lost a game say that you know when you were starting you don't have those four days you have those four days and you can kind of think over it and stuff. But when you're a reliever a reliever you have to go in the next day and pitch. So I understand where you're coming from on that kind of you know kind of get that all away and go out and pitch the next day and you just got to worry about the next game. I guess you would say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just too much time to think, and baseball is yep. not a thinking game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as, it is what it isn't. You know? no, yeah. I, I'm definitely not the type that benefited from sitting around and thinking too much. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, if I had a good outing, I'd think I was Cy Young, and if I had a bad outing, I'd think I was going back to Durham. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. well for me, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the bullpen was definitely my side. And also, you know, come when you were talking about the analytics too, you know, it, it definitely has been changing, and especially nowadays too, especially in the minor league level, you know, they have so many things like TrackMan, and and uh, now now they're coming out with Robo umpires, which is going to be interesting to see how players game plan for that as well, because you know that's going to be a big big thing. That's it's actually going to be coming into the Florida State League. They're going to be implementing robo umpires. It'll be interesting to see how the the minor leaguers do that. And yeah, definitely the analytics. I would say is really, really it, it it's gotten a lot better over the last few years, and it's really became a big part in the way baseball is played and the way players are evaluated. Yeah, it'll be interesting. The robo umpires are always fascinating to me. It's yep. going to actually implement it or not. Now I know you're you're saying that Florida League is going to do that. Yeah. And so I'll be watching that very closely. Yeah. Because it, 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 I don't know. I mean, the umpires are tentative to go to replay, and now they love it because yeah. it's an easy way for them to make sure they get the calls right. And look, the umpires have one of the toughest jobs yeah. in the game. I know we all like to, you know, either get on them at times <laughs> and expect perfection from yeah. them, but the reality is, I mean, you got to catch. <laughs> this game goes by a lot faster than you think if you're on the ground level. Yeah. These guys have done a great job over time getting that right, uh, majority of the calls. And so now to be able to implement this, you know, robo-umpire, it'll be interesting if they can do that and, and get it done to where it's not wasting time. Yep. Uh, you can get calls in real time and if it's accurate. Yeah. If that's the case, you know, why not? I think it might speed up games because maybe we'll have a strike on that's a little bit bigger. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, it's going to be an interesting uh, – an interesting uh, thing. We'll see what happens. I've, I mean, I've seen some of the games where they've used the Robo Umpires. I know the Arizona Fall League used it a bit, and there were some calls that were a bit off. Obviously, it was kind of in a testing stage, but it'll be again, it'll be interesting to see what what happens with it, and hopefully that uh, it's accurate, and hopefully it helps out the umpires a bit, make uh, better decisions on the calls. I guess you would say because yeah, you know, we're all human and stuff. We got to make the right decisions, but you know, if this is very accurate and can make the you know always a correct call then hey uh, by, by god use it i would say so uh, right i mean you gotta utilize yeah utilize technology where you can yeah you exactly. know there's a reason we're in the 20 we're here 2020 right now yep. uh, i agree that we should we should go ahead and utilize what we have the means of and yep. if it'll help out the game then absolutely you know you don't want to take away 
the old school ways of baseball. It was no, over a hundred no. years of uh, the game being played. But you know, if there's a way to implement this stuff yep. and utilize it to the advantage of the game, then you know, I'm all behind it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I'm the way I'm the same way too. So I, I totally agree. Let's get into my next question for you. Is you know, obviously, you got to you know your new career now. I guess you would say is with the. Uh, Fox Sports team we kind of talked about it just a bit earlier and with the Tampa Bay Rays you know how did baseball you know playing baseball and being around the clubhouse and everything and such get you prepared for working with the new team uh, for Fox Sports and with the Tampa Bay Rays well you know first of all it got me in the door obviously to be able to chat with some of the people that could uh, give me the opportunity to go out there and, and be able to get on TV and analyze and broadcast so uh, thankful for that opportunity, but um, I think just getting used to and comfortable with the microphone yeah. uh, over the course of your playing career, because every single time you go out an outing, I mean, you're talking either you're talking about how good you did or how bad you did, and you got to get comfortable with um, failing in front of the camera, yep. and and also be comfortable with talking about it afterwards, and and by doing so, it really. Um, it really just – the first time you get into the big leagues, it's a shell shock no matter what. I mean, you know, you got people asking you everything. You don't really get trained on how to handle the media and everything else. Some people just get it naturally. Some people it takes a little bit longer yeah. to understand. And I think just, you know, my 11-year playing career, the time I spent in the big leagues, really helped me just get comfortable uh, speaking about things that people uh, aren't typically comfortable about, you know, talking about your career broadcasting about your career and being open about it. I think it showed me that the more open you are and honest you are, the more, I guess, the better it comes across on TV or radio. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, over time, I started understanding the media more and more, and I really started enjoying that side of it. And so that's why after I was done, I wanted to pursue it. And, uh, yeah, it's been a great fit so far. Yeah, it's definitely, media is definitely very fun, and uh, it's it's definitely a, it's definitely a, there's so many people getting into it nowadays too. It's, it's insane how many people are actually getting into media and it's becoming a big thing because, you know, it's again, technology is changing now. You know, it's, it's, there's so many radio stations, there's so many sports. Like, uh, I listened to on the radio before, every time I am driving around and such, I'll be listening to the 620 WDAE on, on the, my radio, listen to the sports channels and everything and such. It's, it's definitely getting to become a really big thing. And obviously with me, I do the podcasts and such and get to bring all my listeners and have people, you know, listen to what, Ball players, what they you know what their experiences are such as you and uh, like I've had guys like Richie Schaefer and Hunter Pence and uh, my thirty countless minor leaguers. So it's a uh, it's definitely a changing world and it's definitely a fun time. It's a fun time to be a, a media person, especially in sports too, which there's so many different things and so many good news things to write about and such. It's definitely a very very popular time to be a, a sports media person. Yeah, absolutely. I think with technology nowadays, too, it makes it a lot easier to gain access. For sure. You know, behind the scenes or in the locker room or, or with some of these players. And, you know, now that everybody has social media, it, it's just the access is there. And I think it's a lot easier to get in. It doesn't mean that it's an easy job. Yeah. It just means that it's easier to gain access to some of these players and to be able to do interviews and talk some fun things like baseball. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely fun, man. I, I that's why that's why I'm doing it, and I, I love it so far. It's been it's been a great experience, and uh, 
And so far from what I've seen on TV, it seems like you're having a really fun time on there. I've watched a, you know, watched a, again, watched a lot of the uh, Rays pregame show and such. And if it's always a fun, fun, fun time to be watching it and such, always a fun, fun show. And uh, I, I really do enjoy it. Yeah, it, it's a good time, man. Hopefully we can keep rolling for a long time out. And- Hopefully yeah. we'll get it going here soon. Yeah, man, I'll be. I'm excited for it. And let's get into my next question. Uh, you know, what new perspectives has being a broadcaster given you in the sports of, you know, in the world of baseball? So obviously, being a player and such, you know, you've got to have that side of things. You know, being a player and being around the clubhouse and everything. But what is it like as a broadcaster? What perspectives has that given you as a broadcaster when it comes to you know watching baseball and such? Well, you know, it's allowed me to remove myself from the game and see it more on uh, almost like the outside looking in, right? So when you're playing, you become a biased opinion because you're playing, you recognize how hard it is, you recognize what it takes to go into the game and and to just do your best every single, if you're a starting pitcher five days, if you're a position player, bullpen guy every single day. Uh, it's really a grind, and the, the players know that firsthand, and it's hard. Um, your opinion is hard not to be biased when somebody either talks negatively yeah. about someone's performance or is harsh on someone's performance. But when you remove yourself from the game, and now that I've gone into broadcasting and done it for, I mean, this will be my sixth year, um, you know, it's the broadcaster and the analyst's job to critique, right? Nobody's saying that the player's perfect. Nobody expects them to be perfect. But uh, you also want to be able to critique in a manner that you're not downgrading the player and you're not yeah. uh, you're not pulling at them, but you are being realistic. And you're talking about how good these guys could be, and if they make mistakes, your job is to explain why they're mistakes. And so I guess pulling back and being a broadcaster, the perspective I'm gaining is, you know, part of the media's job, I'm seeing how hard it is for them. As a player, you don't realize how hard these guys have it sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, Mark Tompkins does a great job. He's been with the Rays forever beat writer for the times and uh when i was playing you just don't understand how hard his job is yeah and when you remove yourself from the situation and you see what he does day in and day out and you see how he has to ask these tough questions and a lot of times he doesn't even want to i'm sure but he has to bring it up because that's his job and he does it professionally and so you know there's there's a lot of jobs inside baseball that are very tough and i'm starting to see that and uh, it doesn't take anything away from the players. I mean, they have, in my mind, the hardest job in the game, obviously, is just to go out there and perform every single night. But uh, there's a reason that they're being paid a pretty good amount of money. <laughs> yeah. and it's because they're only a small percentage in the world who can do what they do. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's very, I guess there's a lot of tough jobs in the game, but there's a reason that everybody keeps coming back and doing it. It's because it's, yeah. you know, it's baseball. It's for the love of the game. And yeah. it, 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 joy to be able to make yeah for sure and yeah i know what you mean it, it definitely is you know even i get guys on my podcast who it's definitely tough you know to ask them some of these hard questions because you want to you know but you have to you know you want to get some of the truth like why why did you know what what do you think caused this performance for this season or such like that but you have to get the truth because you know obviously your listeners don't want to say you know, they don't want you to ask them like, oh, why, you know, <laughs> so you don't want to, you want to be truthful about it, but you also don't want to like just go off on the player and such as well. You want to be at least, you know, professional about it, as you said. So I understand where you're, you're coming from on that portion of it. So. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Mark Tompkins is the guy who has to go in there and with other reporters and after yep. 
shake him cash or some of these guys they go out and unfortunately don't have the game that they want he's the one who's asking what happened yeah. instead of hey you know, congratulations he has to ask the tough questions and it's part of the job but he understands it and uh thank He's working with a bunch of race players and coaches who understand that part of the game, and they do a yeah. great job with the media. Yeah, make sure. it a lot easier on everybody. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Uh, let's get into my next question now here. You know, we see on the set how you and, you know, Arrestus Estrada and Rich Hollenberg, you know, they, you guys always click. You guys always have a great relationship with each other on the set. How was it like off the set with you guys and the rest of even the Fox Sports broadcasting crew? How, how are you guys like, you know, uh, off the set? Yeah, that's, you know, that's a good question. It's um, it's identical to the way we are on the set. I mean, you should see us in between breaks and going into shows, you know, prepping for shows, uh, the post-game shows. I mean, all these things. It, it's identical to what you're seeing on TV. We don't change. It's not like the lights go on and all of a sudden you got a different personality coming out. Yeah. It, uh, we do this because we love it. We also do it because we love being a part of the team that uh, they put together. I mean, I feel yeah. very blessed and lucky to be a part of that team. Arrestus is, I mean, he's worked in the media a long time. He brings a lot of, uh, you know, he, he's just been, he's been there and kind of done done a lot. And uh, he just, he understands the way it works and he understands what to analyze, what to do. And I've learned a lot from him. So his experience level is top notch. You know, Rich Hollenberg, he's another guy who's been, shoot, he's been working at ESPN for, over 10 years and um it, it's just to be able to go on the set with those guys and break down a full major league game yep uh it's it's a blast man there really is no other way to put it and uh I, if i had anybody to choose to work with uh out of everybody in the media i mean it'd still be these guys uh, they do such a good job they're professionals but they're also a lot of fun to be around and if they weren't i wouldn't be doing it yeah, you know yeah. it's uh it's definitely something that I sign up for every year. Looking forward to seeing this crew and this gang and, and having a lot of fun with them. Yeah, it's definitely uh, every again every time I watch it, man. It, you guys always are having a good time, and it's always a fun fun thing to watch. I always enjoy again. I was, as a, I'm going to keep saying this, but I, it's true. I do enjoy watching you guys on TV. It's it makes uh, you know I love watching the games and everything. But even I always am looking forward to watching you guys and see what you guys have to say and what you guys do after the game it's always a definitely a fun time to be able to watch you guys and such and uh yeah it's you guys are definitely a great crew so and uh i'm excited to see more of that yeah. more more of that craziness this season and more of that fun uh fun fun atmosphere feeling whenever i watch you guys this year whatever that may be actually yeah, we're i should say yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And my last question, so obviously, you know, you're not in the majors anymore, so I can't ask you what I usually ask most of my regular players, but I'll ask you this question. You know, obviously being a raised broadcaster and stuff, you get to see the team and you got to see them over the spring and stuff. You actually were able to call a game this year um, for the spring before it got canceled abruptly uh, with everything going on right now. Uh, so my, I guess my last question would be, what are your predictions for the Rays this season? You know, based on what you already have saw at spring training and such, what are your predictions for the season for the Rays? Uh, you know, it's funny. I got so many friends and family members asking that same question, and I will give you my honest opinion is I think they have a good chance of winning the East, AL East, depending on where the Yankees were. Now, obviously, it would have benefited to start the year on time because the Yankees were going through serious injuries. And so maybe the Rays could have taken advantage of that. 
before they get fully healthy and picked up a few games there. But I think talent wants their still position to be a top-tier team in the East. And honestly, I think all they got to do is get into the playoffs because this team is built yeah. to win in the playoffs. You know, they got three guys on the mound who, if healthy, in my opinion, would be the best three postseason pitchers that you can get. Yep. Uh, Charlie Charlie Morton, he's got ice in his veins when it comes to the postseason. I mean, he's built for October. Yep. He loves it. He seems like, seems like the bigger the stage is, the better he gets. Yep. So he's going to be always there anchoring the staff. you got Blake Snell, who's a year out from winning at Cy Young. Uh, some of the best left-hand stuff in the game. Yep. And if he's rolling, then he's virtually unhittable. And then Tyler Glasnow, who he was on his way to a Cy Young last year, you know, and he got injured unfortunately. But if you got that guy healthy, I don't know, I don't know of another pitcher you want <laughs> yeah. on the mound. Yeah, besides Tyler Glasnow, I mean that guy is that good. So just with that pitching and the way that their lineup is set to platoon, um, I, I this is not just because you know obviously I'm broadcasting for the Rays, but yeah. I honestly think they have a chance to go extremely deep in the playoffs and would be positioned to have a shot at the World Series. Yeah, and I, I was um, I was doing a broadcast last year. I actually was at the ALDS last year, which was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And before I went, I was telling people, I'm like, honestly, the Rays are probably my dark horse this season because they have such a deep – they have so – they are the most deepest team probably in the major leagues, and they are still now. I mean, you look at their major league roster, it's so young. There's so much youth. There's so much depth. Not only that, their minor league, we just got rated like the number one minor league system in Major League Baseball, which is incredible. I mean, it's incredible what the Rays have been doing the last few years and just building up talent. And, you know, it's it just it, the team is is built to win. That's what I just that's what I tell everybody. And not only, you know, with, as you said, guys like Glasnow and Morton and Snell, I mean, you got guys like Yanni Torinos and and Ryan Yarborough who are kind of blossoming into building their own career and stuff. It's really a deep pitching staff. And Brandon McKay is another one who would be interesting to see in the near future. And there's guys in the minor league like Brent Honeywell and guys like that. It's it's a deep pitching staff the Rays have. You know, I honestly think that uh, I agree with you. I think the moves they made this past offseason put them more athletic than where they were last year. Yeah. I think the, the starting staff is – I mean, it's just, it just continues to get better and better. You, we've already talked about the strengths there. And I just think that, honestly, they're equipped to beat any team on paper. Yeah. And by doing that, you maximize your odds to go out there and win a World Series. And that's exactly what they've done. I mean, mathematically and analytically, on paper, I don't know of another team that I'd get behind right now no, yeah. over the race. And then, and then talk about their minor leagues. I mean, this is definitely a team built to win for the next five, six years. Yeah. They really are. Yeah, and the strength of the minor leagues is a reason for that. So it's a lot of fun to be behind this organization, and hopefully we'll get to be behind them here and Trump can't feel shortly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, again, as you said, they, they have so much depth. It's like trying to build out a roster. I was trying to build, I was going to build off the major league roster to see, like, figure out, okay, who's going to make it to the majors. And it was so tough. It was like trying to – there is so many guys who are so major league ready to get into the Rays, but it's there's so many good players already in the major league level that I couldn't even figure out who to put in where. It was insane. But, yeah, they're, they're definitely a team that's ready to win. They're going to be good for years to come. I'm just going to say that right now. And, and hopefully it stays in Tampa Bay. Hopefully it's not in Montreal. That's just my opinion on it. But, you know, we'll, we, we'll see what happens in the near future. <laughs> 
Yeah, you never know about that. Um, we'll see. We'll see where they go and what they do. But I do know that uh, 2020, if they get to play this year, uh, we got a strong chance of ho- hoisting that trophy up later in the year, and it'll be a lot of fun to see. It. Oh man, I'll be excited, man. Again, Doug, thank you so much for joining me on today. Really happy to have you on, man. Uh, go. Hopefully, we'll get back into 2020. Hopefully, I'll see you guys in the booth or in the pregame show. I'll definitely be at some Rays games. I'll try and say hi before you know before uh, before you get on and such. If you're at the tro- when you're at the trop and such, and uh, I'll see you down the road in 2020, my friend. All right, sounds great, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure, man, and uh, enjoy your 2020, and uh, stay safe. All right, you too. Thank you, brother. All right, guys, Doug Wachter, everybody. Thank you so much, Doug. Really, really cool to have him on. Again, I met him at Ray's Fan Fest, I think it was. Uh, Really, really cool to have him on. Uh, So excited, man. That was really fun to do that. Um, Yeah, he's just a good baseball mind, man. It's fun to get those guys on. One day I gotta get Dwayne stats on. Uh, maybe I'll ask Doug if I can get. No, I actually uh, Dwayne stats. I think he. Uh, I've I've talked to him. I'm gonna ask him if he wants to be on for an episode. Uh, that would be great. Um, man, I yeah. This is what I want to do, guys. Obviously, I want to be a broadcaster. So Doug, you know, obviously being a pregame broadcaster is definitely one thing. You know, if that's what I have to do to get to you know be a main broadcaster, that's what I would do. But you know, it, it definitely their pregame show, man. Definitely go watch a. Re- Ray's pregame show it's definitely a very fun atmosphere that they put on in that booth or I guess I don't know what they call it at the desk at the Fox Sports table I don't really know but yeah uh Doug we met at FanFest and that's kind of where things got so um but yeah really cool I got an autograph from him I need to get a picture with him one day um <laughs> anyways guys that is pretty much it for this episode again thank you so much Doug we would like to thank our sponsor for this episode Pick Drafts DFS, which is the official sports gambling sponsor of the Florida State League Radio Network. You can use our discount code FSLBB19 to save 25% off on all their contests, but they do baseball, basketball, and football. None of that is in season right now, so baseball would actually be beginning Thursday, actually, which would be in two days. Um, by the time I post it, I'm not sure if this will be uh, posted. This will probably be, would have been already been the start of the season, but... Obviously, that's not happening. Obviously, Major League Baseball will be postponed for the time being. Hopefully, everyone's safe. Hopefully, everyone can get through it. Obviously, we've seen some guys get the thing. Uh, So, yeah. Anyways, get back to our sponsorships. Go go use our sponsorship when they get back in season. They're good guys over there at Pick Drafts. And also, go check out our other sponsor as well. Go check out OfficialsDepot.com, the official sports referee and umpiring gear of the Florida State League Radio Network and use discount code FSLBB or FSL Network, sorry about that, to save 15% off at checkout when you buy any of their sports umpiring and sports referee gear. Good guys over there at officialsdepot.com and go check them out. Again, they're really good people over there at Officials Depot. And again, go check out uh, Pick Drafts once they get back in season. The discount code for them is FSLBB19 over there those are both all in caps by the way so when you type them in don't put them in lowercase all in caps so uh, again thank you so much doug for joining me we would like to thank grayson rogers and sam tenez on allowing us to use your music for our intro mu- video or intros for these um what is it for these podcasts i guess i don't know i'm so tired i just woke up like a little bit ago anyways 
Um, <laughs> anyways, guys, that is pretty much it for this episode. One more thing I do have to say. So I don't know if you guys saw on my Instagram, but I am starting a Florida State League MLB The Show Sim Season, I guess you would say. I've um, been doing that. I just got out, get out game two. Game three will come out today. It'll be Daytona and Palm Beach. And then I'll probably take a day or two off. And then I'll be back again with more of those episodes. I'm going to call the games and such. So it should be pretty fun. Anyways, guys, thank you guys for listening. Peace out. See you guys in our next episode. <laughs>